feet and while you're standing, go ahead and turn to Matthew's Gospel. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter number 2, and the word of the Lord today. Hallelujah. And by the way, uh, our kids did a good job on such short notice, did they? Come on, give them another hand. That was really, really good. And my man played Herod. He was a bad Herod, man. Harold was a bad guy. <laughs> they did a wonderful job, so I'm so thankful. You guys did great. Thank you so very much. Uh, but Matthew chapter number two, we're going to begin reading in verse number one. When you arrive there, say amen. Uh, now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. We have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. And when they heard the king, they departed, departed and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. Father, you said heaven and earth will pass away, but never your word. Your word is eternal. It is rich. It is life-changing. Your word, Father God, is what we live, eat, and breathe. And so, Lord, we have come to dine at your table today because you said in your word that men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so, God, we're asking this morning that you would fill us up today, God. We, we want to hear something that will transform us, something that will bring us closer to you, something, God, that will help us to understand truly what it means to worship a king. We love you and we praise you. And all God's people say amen. Uh, you can be seated in our God's presence. We begin this series last week. We started our Christmas series. It's entitled Christmas. And uh, the, what the emphasis is to ensure that Christ is the focus, which we have, we say often Jesus is the reason for the season. But how many know unless you do some things on purpose, that can quickly diminish. And so we had talked last week about Jesus, the Savior. And I thought we did a wonderful job. We dug into the word of God and we began to explore 
how that there is no other Savior but Jesus. Amen. And, and, and that the fact of the matter is that Jesus is God in flesh. And so we took a tour of the word of God and we were reassured that there is no salvation and none other other than that name, Jesus. Say that name with me, Jesus. Say it one more time, Jesus. He is a wonderful savior, amen? And so today we want to continue in that same vein and we're going to talk today about worship. Everybody say worship. Christmas, one of the things about Christmas is it's a time of worship. You know, um, there are so many different ways that we can display and shout to the world that we worship Jesus. Some of you, we do it obviously by coming to church on Sunday, uh, obviously by attending regular uh, meetings that the church has. And we do that by when we go out into the public, we talk about Christ on our jobs, we preach Christ, we, we send a message and Surely you're sitting at your desk and you're playing Christmas songs, amen, and, and you're excited uh, because this is a time of, of worship. But I want you to understand the worship goes beyond the four walls, amen. When we talk about the worship of our God, we're talking about something that is deeper and bigger than just an act of worship. You understand what I'm saying? And so I want you to understand something about worship. Um, I believe that the central problem with man is this idea behind who to worship. How do you know that there have been many wars? There are many wars. There's many fighting, even not too far from here, the Middle East, where people are fighting about this idea of worship. If you go back and you explore the Bible, you look in the Old Testament, for an example, God, over and over again, the children of Israel, though he did great miracles, how many know he did great miracles? I mean, he opened Red Sea, he brought them out of Egypt, he delivered them with a mighty hand. And time and time again, God would have to remind the children of Israel, worship no other gods before me. But you all know what happened, that there came points in time when they did. In fact, one time Moses went away to pray and seek the Lord on behalf of the rebellious people. And the church said, amen. No. And, uh, and Moses came back and, and they had even, having seen all the miracles and having seen God's hand and God's favor on them, the Bible said that they took up all the jewelry and they made a gold calf and they began to worship. And so over and over and over again, you look through the Bible and, 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 and you see that this epic battle between God and man, between God and his people in Israel. Why? Because Israel got this thing somehow. They, they, they just kept missing it. And, and we have this proclivity to worship everything other than God. Because in the heart of man, hear me, you have been designed to worship. Everybody say worship. You and I have been designed to worship. This is why it's built in the man, even though people don't really know who and what they are supposed to worship, how many of you know that, 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 that they're seeking something to worship? And, 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 and oftentimes those things that we're seeking, uh, well, in most cases, unless you know Jesus, you are worshiping, you're worshiping feudal things. Things that don't really matter. And, 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 and how many know that God is jealous about his worship? In fact, in Exodus chapter 20, verses 3 and 5, the God, thou, God said this, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image, 
or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them for I am a jealous God. God gets a little bit troubled when we worship anything other than him. Man, you understand that this is the trick of the enemy, right? Satan, from the very, very beginning, he was seeking after worship. Because when the people don't understand worship and, and, and who are they supposed to worship, how many know it's to the destruction of a society? It is to the destruction of people. And so when you look at our nation today, you look at the world today, there, there, there's a lot of confusion because Satan, in large part, has succeeded. You remember Satan, that snake, that liar in the garden? No, actually not in the garden. Let's fast forward. Uh, how many know that Satan tried to tempt Jesus? Jesus, uh, if you're the son of God. <laughs> Y'all remember that? If you bow down and do what? I'll give you everything. How many know that when, when, when you have God, you have everything? See, when you really know what you got, you won't get tricked like that. And Jesus had to let him know, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Get thee behind me, Satan. He rebuked him. How do you know Jesus defeated him? Jesus put him in his place. He said, I will not worship. I will not bow down to anything. He set the pace because when men misunderstand and misappropriate this worship thing, let me tell you, we are on a slippery slope to destruction. And how do you know that's what's happening today? But the church, everybody say the church. We are called to be a people to call men everywhere to worship, to call men everywhere to repent and worship the king. Let me tell you something. When you understand who you are and where you, where you come from, you'll find happiness. You'll find happiness. Let me read to you. Look at, uh, if you will, Romans chapter number one uh, with the problem with misguided worship. Go ahead. We're going to come back to Matthew in a moment. But I want you to go back to Romans chapter one. A very, a, a very, very powerful passage. Paul in Romans chapter 1 is bringing an indictment against the peoples of the earth because they have walked away. They have denied God. And Paul even tells them that even if you don't really know God, you know that there is a God because the whole creation tells you it shouts that he exists. How many know what I'm talking about? So Paul got an indictment against the people because the people turned away. The peoples of the earth, the people of the nations are confused. And look at verse number 22. Paul talking about the peoples of the, of the world. He says, look, look at this. Professing to be wise. Hmm. How many of men today think they're wise? They think, I said men think they're wise. Professing to be wise, they became fools. Watch this. I want you to stay with this. Stay with me. And they changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image, listen to this, made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Mm, Y'all still with me? Say amen. amen. Therefore, also God gave him up 
to uncleanliness and the lust of their hearts. You see, when you don't worship God, you will lust to worship something. Everybody in here, you worship something. Uh-huh. Every man, every woman, every boy, girl on the earth, there's something that they worship. And see, what happens is until we can understand that we were made to worship him and him alone, the church said amen. amen, until we come to that revelation, here's what happened. Men start lusting after evil things. They start lusting after stuff. They start worshiping materialism. We start worshiping ourselves. The pride of man, the pride of life, even to the point of worshiping animals. Oh, yeah, worshiping the animals and, and, and looking for anything to worship other than God. Remember what I said before, this is what Satan wants to happen. But look what the Bible says. It said, therefore, God gave them up to uncleanness and the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worship. Everybody say worship. And serve the creature rather than the who? Creator who is blessed forevermore. So what's the problem here? The problem here is this thing of worship. What do men worship? And so what has happened? God has given them up. In other words, God is saying, okay, if this is what you want, God is saying, everybody look this way. If, if this is what you want, if, if, if the, he, I'm going to let you, how many, God says, I'm going to let you have your way. And how many know when God lets you have your way, you're in a world of trouble. Aren't you glad that God came and saved you and got you out of the mess that you were in? I mean, really think, I mean, think about, think about, think about, think about how you were stubborn in your own way. How many know God's way is the only way? And, and, and so what we have happening today is men are looking for work. And so they worship things. They worship materialism. And they even make up gods. And they call them Mercedes. They call them Jaguar. They call them NFL. Hell yeah, I'm talking. I'm preaching now. You ever see them on Sunday morning while you're in route to church? That they're in their driveway. You see, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? See, the, we, we, we lust off the evil thing because inside of us is this innate desire. We were designed to worship. Do you understand that? You were made to worship. This is who you are. This is what God has created you to be. And the problem is we've gotten misguided. And when the people don't worship God, a people is destined for destruction. Oh, but you know better. You know better. Is the church, are you still with me today? See, you know better. So this brings us to the point of the wise men. I like the story of the wise men. I want you to think for a moment. The wise men weren't Jews. They came way from the east. We believe some eight, nine hundred miles away, somewhere in Persia, which is modern day Iran. These, why would God reveal that the Christ was born to the Magi? They were known astrologers, known 
that was not religious in the sense that the, the Jews understood religion. And primarily, I believe that God did that to show that the Christ was to be worshipped not just by the Jews only, but all. Everybody say all. Everybody, every people from every nation has been called to worship him. And, and here's what I'm trying to say to you this morning. You will worship him. All the earth. Are y'all hearing me today? Oh, we're going to preach good day. All the earth is going to worship the Christ that people make fun of. There's coming a day when you know who's going to get the last laugh. Are you hearing that this morning? Oh, let, let them pick all they want to. Let them laugh at you. Let them talk about your Jesus. Let them talk about how religious you are. Let them talk about you giving all that money to church. Let them talk all they want to because the day and time is coming when Jesus will set king and every knee will worship him. Will bow and say, Lord, you're the king. You are the glory of the nations. And so understand something here about the wise men. First of all, let's get a couple of facts. Fact check. <laughs> We assume that there were three wise men because they presented three gifts. But how many know the Bible don't really say how many wise men there were? So we don't know. We know the wise men gave three gifts. That's all we know. It is common misconception that the wise men visited at the stable at the night of his birth. But that's not fact because, in fact, the wise men came days, months, and possibly years later because Matthew chapter 2 says that the wise men visited and worshipped Jesus in a house and not in a what? Stable. Hmm. We know the wise men were from the east, most likely Persia, modern-day Iran. They were some 800 to 900 miles away. Most likely, they knew of the writings of Daniel. Y'all remember Daniel? Daniel was, in the, he was, a, Daniel was in the chief courts of Persia. You remember that in the book of Daniel? And Daniel 9, 24, and 27 gives a timeline of the birth of the Messiah. The wise men may have been aware of the prophecy of Balaam, who was from the town of Bethor on the Euphrates River near Persia. In Numbers 24, 17, Balaam's, Balaam's prophecy specifically mentions a star coming out of Jacob. Good God Almighty. Now understand something about this. The wise men, what we, what we see is that obviously they read and they believed God's word because it came so far. They sought Jesus or the Messiah. And watch this. They recognized the worth of Jesus. Now, I want you to look at something here and go, go back to Matthew chapter number two. Look at verse, first look at verse number two. It says, um, they were asking about, the wise men were inquiring about where Jesus was. And, here it says in verse 2, saying, where is he who was born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and he have, we have come to what? Worship him. Would you drive, can I ask you a question? Would you drive 800 or 900 miles to worship him? Oh, oh I forgot, back in those days, you know, they didn't have Mercedes. They couldn't travel like we travel. Am I right about it? So they came all that way to worship. They were on a mission to worship. What would make someone drop everything that they're doing to drive, come all, not drive, but to walk around the camel? I've never ridden one, but it looks awfully uncomfortable. 
Days, months, years, we don't know how long it took, but they came all of that way. Just, they didn't come because they wanted some gift. There was no investment. There was no money. There was nothing going to be given to them. They said, we are just coming to worship. Oh, church, do you hear me? We're just coming to worship. We don't want nothing. We're just coming to worship him. That's it. Can you worship him when it's going good? Can you worship him when it's going bad? Can you worship him when it's hard? Will you worship him when it's difficult? Will you worship him when things are not going your way? The wise men forsook everything, everything, and said, I got to go and worship. And, and look at verse number 11. Uh, is it verse number 11? Look at verse number 11. And when they came into the house, they saw the young child, everybody say child, child, with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and did what? Ah, stop right there. You notice, you notice Mary is right, right beside him. You notice that, right? But they didn't worship Mary. They didn't worship nobody. Else. They fell down and they worshiped him. Him. There was no questions asked. When they laid eyes on him, bam, worship. It was like it was involuntary. They saw the Christ child and they... Nobody had to give them instruction. Oh, clap your hands. Oh, bow down if you would. When they saw the Christ... Well, nobody worried about whether or not sister so-and-so is looking at me. It didn't fall. Nobody worried about whether Brother John was watching me. Nobody was worried. Uh, let me take a look before I do this. Let me, let me, let me see who's watching because I don't want nobody to, to know. No, no. They, they, they fell down. And they worship you. I, I remember when I was a, I was a new believer. Uh, <laughs> and, and when I was a new believer, I had to go through this thing where I had to, I had to, I had to let go of some pride. How I many you know pride is, 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 is everybody has to fight that pride? And, and, and I remember I used to see people in the church raise their hands and they, and they sing. And, 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 and it, what got me was I saw grown men with muscles, cool brothers, worshiping God. And I, on the other hand, I was like, See, here's the thing. I was saved. I knew the Lord, was knowing the Lord, but guess what? I didn't really know who he was. Because when you get a true revelation of who he is, you worship. See, the problem with man is, see, even a lot, I, I'm afraid to say this, but there are a lot of Christians who don't really know who Jesus is. Oh, he saved me. He did. But you have me know that, that he's not just some baby. Oh, good God. How do we know? He's not some baby. He's the king. <laughs> he is the eternal father. He's the everlasting prince of peace. 
And so when you come into a revelation of who he is, oh, you clap your hands real quick. You'll raise your hands. You'll give all your money away. You will sacrifice. Yeah, you will come and t- do the tables. You will set up the ch- You will do whatever because I know who it is I'm worshiping. I know this is a great king. I will serve him. I ain't going to fuss about it because I serve a great king. I worship. You think worship is just when you come to church and you clap your hands and sing a couple of songs. You can come to church and sing, you clap your hands and not be a bit more worshiping. Just because you come and clap your hands don't mean you're worshiping God. Worship is a lifestyle. Worship is when you bow down your life and you surrender to him 24-7 every day. In here, outside of here, you live your life submitting to his will. That's worship. Real worship. Real worship is a life that is surrendered. How do you know that obedience is all about worship? Oh, I... I love him. I love him. Do you love him? He says, if you love me, obey me. Everybody say obey. obey. Oh, we don't like that word. That just interfered with us. Though. We don't like that. But Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandment. And when I love him, I obey him. And when I obey him, it's a form of worship. This is why we say when you give an offering, we always we, we stand up here. We say it's a form of your worship. What value do you put on the king? Don't fuss about how, listen, don't fuss about, well, I want to hold this amount. No, ask, answer the question, what value do you put on the king? Last time I heard when somebody really values something and they have a high value on it, let me tell you something, they sow into it. Do you hear me? Do you hear me? You will sow into something that's really valuable. How valuable is the king? Ah, do you really know him? The Magi, they bow down because they got the revelation. They said, oh, 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 this is the king. Get out of my way. Watch out. Bam. I got to do this. Now, I want to help us this morning. I want, I want to give you a picture. I want to give you a reminder. I want to give you something that you can walk out of here and you can have a degree of confidence. That, man, you know what? Ah, I got to worship him a little bit more. My eyes have seen the glory. My eyes, how many know that when you see, you worship? What are you seeing? Watch this. So why why should we worship the Christ like the wise men? Understand, so I'm going to give you a couple things just so you know. We're talking about Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Our series is about Christ much. Christ, Christ, Christ. Watch this. This is just seven of them. Number one, you ought to worship him. Watch this, because he's creator. How many know this earth didn't just show up one day? How many know that this thing, I I know what they try to say, oh, oh, that was just a big bang. (laughs) And my answer to that, yeah, my answer always is, yeah, but there had to have been a banger. I mean, when you just look at the earth, you know, man, there, there's something. Good God. The Bible says, look at this, Colossians 1, verses 15 and 16. It says, he is the image, talking about Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Y'all got to preach with me. Say Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. And watch this. And watch this. For, for by him, 
All things were created that are in heaven and that are on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or power, all things were created through him and for him. He's the creator. This is why you worship the king. He made everything. Jesus. Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Secondly, we, we worship him because we exist for his pleasure. Everybody say his pleasure. Oh, in the King James Version, I like this verse. How many got King James Version? Oh, y'all in there. Oh, we got one brother in that King James Version. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure, thy pleasure, thy pleasure, thy pleasure, thy pleasure, they are and were created. Uh, you know, Jesus said that if a man want to find his life, he got to do what? Lose it. The devil tell you if you want to find your life, you got to keep it. I'm going to ask you a question. How's that working for you? How's that working for you? Ah, if you really, how me know that the, the, the part of the problem with men is that they don't understand that we were made, we were designed for his pleasure. I was made for him, for whatever he wants. This is why when you come into the kingdom of God, the first thing you should be asking is, Lord, what will you have me to do? My life belongs to you. And God, whatever you want me to do, God, I'm willing to do it. Why? Because I exist for his pleasure. When you can understand your calling and what God made you for, created you for, when you understand that it's all, it all goes back to him, I mean, no, it changes you. It fulfills you. It gives you peace. It gives you joy. It gives you excitement because I realize I've come to the place where I realize my original design. I've been designed to do this. I've been designed for his pleasure. I belong to him. I don't belong to myself. I belong to him. And this, and this cuts against the grain of man's pride. Because man's pride says, I get up every day. I drive my own car. I work hard. I pull myself up by my own bootstraps. No, you don't. No, you don't. Not really. Last time I checked, you don't control breathing. If man was in such control, how come he dies? I see him. I mean, no, they, they get facelifts and all kind of stuff, don't they? I mean, some of them lifting their face really, really hard. You can see it. But the death ratio is one per person. How many know what I'm talking about? You're going to get there. Unless Christ come back. Yeah, yeah. We exist for his pleasure. Give up your life. We worship him because we're his. We worship him, number three. I got to hurry and finish. Number three, watch this. All will be judged by Christ. How many know that every one of us is going to be judged by Christ? Yeah. Uh, John 5, 22. <clears throat> Look at this verse. John 5, 22 says this. For the Father judges no man, but has committed all judgment to the who? Son. Everybody say judgment. How many know that when you live your life understanding that one day you have to, you have to meet Jesus, it, it should change the way you do things. Uh, because everyone, every person, every, think about it, every person on the planet, the Bible says that they're going to have to, they're going to be judged by Christ. God has committed all judgment to the Son. 
This is why we worship Jesus, because one day, we, listen, we, we're going to be judged by him because in Acts 17, 31, because he is appointed the day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man, the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. His name is Jesus. So we worship him because he's creator. We worship him because we exist for his pleasure. We worship him because all will be judged by him. And number four, we worship him because he will raise us from the dead. How many of you living in hope today? How many of you fear death? Nobody here should fear death. If you know Jesus, you, you should. If, listen, if you go before I do, don't you dare. I'm putting y'all on notice. Don't you cry at my funeral. I'm doing much better than you. Trust me. Don't be weeping. I don't want to hear no stupid stuff. Because Christ is going to raise. The Bible says, look at this. The Bible says this. For the Father has life. Look at this. John 5, verses 26 and 29. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself and has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the grave will hear his voice <laughs> and come forth. And those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of the condemnation. Jesus gave us a glimpse of that when he said Lazarus. You know, you know Lazarus had been dead. Oh, Jesus, did I not tell you, if you believe, you will see my glory. I know when the Messiah comes, I know we're going to see him in the next life. He's, oh, no, honey, you don't understand. I am the resurrection. <laughs> Wherever I am, stuff got to get up because I'm life. Uh, Jesus walked, Lazarus, come forth. How many days had he been dead? Three, four days? Bound up, the Bible says he walked out of there. Jesus was showing, Jesus wanted every one of us to know that coming upon a time, you're going to be resurrected. You're going to be changed. He already got a plan for you. That's why you all not worried. That's why you all not fret. That's why you all not be walking around without, you, you should be full of faith because you know where your destiny and your purpose is. So death has been swallowed up in victory. Hallelujah. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? Oh, I worship him. Because number one, he's creator. Number two, we exist for his pleasure. Number three, all will be judged by Christ. Number four, he will raise us from the dead. And number five, he alone is worthy. <laughs> Woo! There's nobody. Nobody. Didn't we, sing it? Didn't we sing it this morning? Nobody greater. See, sometimes you don't sing like you understand that because sometimes we forget there is nobody greater. Oh, look at Revelation chapter 5. Run there. Run to Revelation chapter 5. Run. Run, 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 run. I bet I beat you there. You're not cheating, are you? Oh, I knew it. I didn't see no pages. This is not, this is an unfair fight. Okay, it's a, watch it. And look at verse number 9. And they sang a new song. Everybody say a new song. I want, you, I want you to see yourself. This is where you, this is the destiny of those who have been washed in his blood. Mm. He, you are worthy to take the scroll 
and to open his seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood. I mean, no, he is worthy because he saved us. He washed us in, our, in, in his blood. He pulled you out of the garbage heap. He cleaned up your wretched, your filthy self. He washed you clean, your nasty, ungodly, unsanctified self. He alone washed you in his blood. He redeemed you, brought you back out of every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. That's why you got to get rid of your racism. You got to get rid of your prejudice. Because he redeemed them out of every tribe, every people, and every nation. If you just want one group in heaven, you are in for a huge disappointment. And he has made us, look at it, look at the name, to us. Kings and priests. Do you know who you are? See, if we are king, there's a certain swag. I didn't say pride. Swag. Because I'm a king. Priest. This is who you are. Not because of you. Because Jesus spilled his blood and said, I'm going to make you special. I'm going to make you kings and priests. You ought to, that ought to make you cry. It ought to, because you know where you were. But he said he's remade you, redeemed you. He brought you back. Look at verse 11. This is beautiful. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne. Look at this. The living creatures and the elders and the, the numbers of them was 10,000 times, 10,000 and thousands of thousands. In other words, you can't number them. Saying with a loud voice. Can everybody say this with me? Can we read this together? Nice and loud. Where it says worthy. You ready? Let's say it nice and loud. Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power, riches, wisdom, and strength, and honor, and glory, and blessing. Worthy is the lamb. They're all around his throne. Think about it. Can you, I, I mean, I can't wait till I see him. Uh, every now and then, do you ever just imagine what it would be like? The Jesus that you've been hoping and praying for all of a sudden, when you see him, uh, uh, it, it, when you see him in all of his glory and voluntary and voluntarily they worship him every one of them they cry out worthy is the lamb because he was slain for your sin your sin make it personal your sin your sin think about your sin don't think about mine yours is bad enough you got enough of your own think about your own Come on, that's right, brother. Say, worthy. And every creature, look at verse 13. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as in the sea and all that are in them are heard saying, watch this, blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. How many know we're going to worship the lamb forever? That's why I said, if you don't like worshiping him now, you will struggle. You'll be a fish out of water. Forever. Everybody say forever. forever. Number six. So, let's, so we worship him because he's creator. We worship him. Number two, we, we exist for his pleasure. Number three, all will be judged by Christ. Number four, he will raise us from the dead. Number five, he alone is worthy. And number six, he's coming back. 
He's coming back. I said he's coming back. <laughs> I said Jesus, is he could come back any moment. Jesus said, I go, in John 14, 3, I go and prepare a place for you. And I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you will be also. How many know he's fashioned a place much better than the place you live in here on earth, where thieves can break in and steal, but not in glory? Huh. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up. Everybody say caught up. Caught up. Together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus shall we always be with the Lord. I'm excited because I know he's coming back. Do you ever wake up sometime and say, Lord, even so, come now, Lord Jesus. Especially when you're having a tough day. <laughs> Lord, would you, Lord, would you just come? I mean, they, 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 all the time that you read the book, they were always waiting. Paul thought that Jesus would show up in his day. The only thing that's holding him back is his mercy. Amen. He is not willing that anyone perish. But everyone come. Aren't you glad he waited for your tail? <laughs> He waited for you. He waited for me. But he's coming back. Revelation 1-7 says, Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. I mean, there will be no bad seats in the house. When Jesus comes back with his saints to judge the earth, when he comes back to take his saints he got a place for you. And lastly, we worship Christ because he's making all things new. How many of you are frustrated with what you see today? How many of you hate sin? You hate unrighteousness? You hate when people are trying to steal from you? You hate it when people are not sincere in business practices, don't you? You hate it when people lie to you. You hate it when you're in a relationship and someone betray your trust, don't you? You hate it when the world is full of sin, but not in the kingdom of God. He says, Revelation 21.5 says, Then he who sat on the throne said, watch this, Behold, I'm making everything new. Look at, in closing, look at Revelation 21. Go to Revelation 21. This is, this is it, because we only had seven. But I want you to lay eyes on this verse. Revelation 21, verse 22 to 27. Look at this. <clears throat> 22, I'm sorry, to 27. But I saw no temple in it. He's talking about the new Jerusalem. Now, I want you to see yourself here. I really do. I want you to see. I want you to see yourself the way God sees you. See yourself the way he sees you. He says, watch this. But I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are his temple. And the city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it. Watch this. Why? Why do we need the sun? I mean, surely we need the sun, right? We need the sun to be able to see, right? We need some kind of light. Mm. The city had no need of the sun or the moon to shine for in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. <laughs> And the lamb is its light. 
and the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light. And the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. Its gates shall not be shut at all by day. There shall be no night there. Verse 26, and they shall bring the glory of the honor of the nations into it, but there shall by no means enter anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Finally, I knocked it down. So I want you to understand something this morning. It's written in John 5, 39. Jesus said this. I love this verse. This is one of the verse, best verses in the Bible. I love this verse. He says, you search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they which testify of me. How do you know that it's all about him? From Genesis to Revelation, it's all about him. God's desire is that we worship Christ. Christ. This is why when the Magi saw him, they understood and they fell down and they worshiped. What will you do now that you see? Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Father, we thank you that today wise men still seek Jesus. Jesus, you are coming back to judge the earth. You're coming back, Lord, to redeem us. And we're so thankful. We're so grateful. Jesus, forgive us for those times, Lord, we put other things ahead of you. But Lord, we understand now more than ever that we were made to worship you from the depths of our souls and from the depths of our hearts. Daddy, I pray. I pray that every person would know what it truly means to worship. And that in this Christmas season, Lord, that we would take time together, perhaps alone or together as family, and that we would reminisce and we would reflect on your goodness toward the children of men. That we would reflect of your goodness, Lord, your salvation and your love. It's all about you. Maybe you're sitting here today and you know in your heart that you've been worship, you've worshiped other things other than God. Or you say, Pastor, well, well, I don't understand. What do you mean? How do I do that? If you place anything ahead of God, that's an idol. You can call it whatever you want. The God of lust, the God of pleasure, the God of money. you realize that it's all futile because we have to give an account to Jesus. You're sitting here today and you say, Pastor, Jesus hasn't been the object of my worship. I'm not talking about you're just coming to Sunday. You can come to church on Sunday, like I said before. But is, do you really worship him? Is your life surrendered to him? Have you taken all four corners of your life and brought it under subjection? you're here this morning, you say, Lord Jesus, I have not surrendered my life and I want to do that today. I want to give you an opportunity to come and worship the King. Hallelujah. 
I'm going to give you an opportunity to look in the face of glory today. I want to give you an opportunity to come out of that place, that wretched place that you've been. Is there one who say, I don't know Jesus. I don't know him, but I want to give my life to him today. Is there one? Slip your hand up. I want to pray with you. Is there one? Is there one? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Maybe you're a believer and you know Jesus, you know scripture, you know Bible. But if you're really honest, there are other things that have taken first place in your life outside of Christ. And you know now that Christ is preeminent. All that is done for him is going to last. Everything else is shifting sand. Everything else, nothing else, nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. Jesus, truly, you are the center. Perhaps the Holy Spirit has revealed to you that Jesus is not first place. That you have not worshipped and bowed down and kissed him and surrendered to him, surrendered your life. But today, you want to do that in a fresh way. You're asking for fresh grace. When the Holy Spirit convicts you, when the Holy Spirit rebukes you, don't resist him. Just say, Lord, if the Holy Spirit is talking to you right now, in that seat where you're sitting, and you know that you haven't worshipped him, that other things have come in, and you've placed more value on other things in Christ, you know who you are. If that's you this morning, don't look to your left, don't look to your right, but repent right now, right in that seat where you're sitting. Ask God to forgive you. First, ask God to search your heart. If there be any wicked way in you, lead you into the path of life. Repent this morning. And come worship the King. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you with our lives. We worship you with our money. We worship you with our health. We worship you with our material things. We worship you with our book knowledge. We worship you with our careers. God, we surrender all of it. We bring all of it under your subjection right now. Repent right where you're sitting. I want everyone to stand to your feet this morning. I want you to raise your hands, if you will, as an act of worship and surrender. I want you to repeat after me this morning. Lord Jesus, I worship you, I love you, and I adore you. Lord Jesus, help me to see you in your glory. Help me to recognize you in every situation, in every circumstance. No matter what comes my way, no matter what the devil throws up against me, I will worship you. I will worship you with my life, with everything I got. I will surrender to you because you are king. You are Lord. You are my Lord and my God. And I praise you in Jesus' name. Come and give Jesus a praise if you will.